Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. I am filled with optimism today, following a week uh, that was especially full of very heartfelt conversations. A, just a great gift to hear these different voices, to learn, and to deepen the feeling of connection. So I look very forward to hearing my callers today. And first up, I welcome Jorge from Puerto Rico. Jorge, thank you for joining me on the show. Hi, Molly. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing spectacularly, as I said. Uh, I appreciate your calling in. And uh, what is on your mind today? Uh, basically, I, I'm currently at, the, uh, at a project site, and I was um, talking with my team about the challenges we are currently having, we have having to work uh, remotely and at the site. Currently, we are doing a combination of both. And during these times, um, definitely the communication between the team is very important. And we have been using so far some online tools to uh, facilitate the collaboration and the engagement of the team. But basically, we, we've been recapping the, how, how we've been doing so far with our work and how this situation with the COVID-19 has um, made us change our comfort zone, saying, saying it that way, to be able to meet the expectations from the client and be able to do our work outside. So basically, we were talking about that just this morning in our meeting. As, um, that is a topic I think every single person can relate to. So if I'm hearing you, you've got clients you work with on-site. Is that correct, Jorge? Yes. Currently, I have a main client in which I have a, a team of four people, including myself. Uh, we do basically project management and design support for the client. And uh, during the – this Puerto Rico has been in a curfew since March 16th. Um, from that time on, we have had to adjust our schedules to be some days of the week at the client site and other days working remotely from our homes using um, our uh, – VPN connections to the client servers, and basically um, our team has been working full-time for the client, but I mean to work both remotely and on the site. I got it. Okay, well, good, great adaptability on everyone's part, and I'm presuming that you folks are feeling safe about going in on site. Um, so let me ask you, how, when the team gets together, how do you how do you all feel like it's going? If you were to rate it on a scale of one to ten, in terms of, you know, feeling like you're doing a good job together and you're all comfortable together, how would you rate it? I will rate it as a ten. Actually, I, what I've been doing with the client is I've been sending them weekly a work plan with the schedule of the people that will be going to the client side and the work that they will be doing, and the expectations of what works will be completed or not. And while monitoring the how many work we have done so far during this period compared to before the COVID-19. Uh, we've actually we've done more work than before COVID-19. I think um, 
what I uh, did at the beginning uh, was establish a daily checking meeting with our team to be able to uh, align them with the priorities. And I think that meeting um, has helped a lot uh, keeping the team focused on the priorities. And the result has been that when I look back at the data, uh, we have accomplished more work than what we thought we were able to do in these circumstances. And I think the client also has acknowledged um, that we have been doing a, a good job so far managing working remotely and meeting the expectations. So I think so. I, I will rate also with a 10 because we've been able to, to do the work that means, that's been requested for us. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. Spectacular. I'm curious, when you first started this, did you, how did you, you know, I think a lot of folks would love to have the, the result that you've had. Did you uh, have a meeting with your client? How did you, you know, if, um, decide on the right way to go? And how did you loop people into uh, figuring out a new way of working? I remember, at least in, in our, in that client, um, uh, has a, a good system is in place of remote work. They already have uh, tools for online meeting. Um, they already have um, connections uh, remotely for, to their servers. So that step was already done by the client. So we only had to uh, get on the bus with them, if you could say like that, and, and be able that we had the, the, the tools that we needed. We had to provide uh, laptop computers to some of our team members because they were using desktop computers at the site, so we immediately moved into making sure they were able to access the, the accounts remotely from those laptops computers. And we, it was basically, I was working at the site at that time before the, the curfew started the week before, and I think, remember, it was from Thursday to Friday, we had a bunch of meetings and brainstorming about, about how doing things, and we came up with the with these solutions about providing each person with a laptop and making sure we set their, their accounts to be able to access the remote, the servers. And it was a, a lot of work those first few days. We didn't have enough computers for everyone, so we had to start looking for them in other places. But we're, we were able to figure it out by the beginning of the next week. And, and after that, it was just a matter of making sure we had the, the right um meetings and daily or weekly to be able to keep the people aligned with the priorities of the client. That's great. So let me ask you, it sounds all great and perfect now. When you were in there, were you at all concerned? Were you a little anxious? Was the team a little anxious? I mean, you know, because that's charting new territory. Um, so talk to me about that and also how you communicated to your bosses and up through the organization so everyone was on board. Yeah, I remember actually... Looking back now, it was not a speeches and cream at the beginning, because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the of the transition, um, the client requested um, to leave one of the team members out of the work for a couple of weeks. Um, so I had to communicate uh, that information to the person and to my supervisor, and obviously, obviously, it was a stressful time for that person because imagine in this situation, having not having a work. Uh, and you don't know when you're coming back. It was kind of a stressful moment. But we were well, Jorge, to- hang on. One, just stay right there because that is stressful. So to help us because the listeners would be interested. How did you approach that conversation with your your team member? I remember when, when I um, talked with um, the employee, I 
what I used to do is I like to talk to them face-to-face, make sure they, they understand the reasons uh, for what this is happening, and try to give them the truth. Because at the end of the day, when you give people information, um, they understand it better, although they may not be happy about it. So I I just link to the person that this is the reason why you're having to stay without work these um, future weeks. And as soon as I have more information, I will go back to you. And I kept in touch with that person, providing him feedback, and he did so also, calling me uh, for follow-up. But at least in that time, I explained what was happening, the situation. It was something out of the ordinary. It was something that the client requested directly. And explaining them or that person the, the, the reason uh, facilitated at least a lot in terms of him understanding the situation and myself um, feeling that I provided him with enough information for him to, to be able to manage the situation. Nice. Do you feel like that uh, weakened your relationship with the person or do you feel like it strengthened? I'm just curious where you are now with this person. I think that the the person at least understood the 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 reason and our relationship in that term or with the client has at least in my in my sense has not changed and that person is already working back with us. It was only a short period of weeks, like I think maybe three or four weeks and he was already back at work. But after he came back to work, uh he was able to join the team and integrate quickly and there were no uh, hard feelings after that. I, I think that was very important in the, in the early conversations to be able to provide them with enough information that when the time came that he will have to come back if the client requested to work, that he will feel uh, engaged with the team and not have any, having any hard feelings about this whole situation. Great. Great. Now, I know I interrupted you. You were talking about um, working with your managers and then any of the other team members. You know, it's the, I think the bumps are what I'm really interested in because I think that's what, um, you know, where people struggle ultimately, you know, helps us all be better. Yeah, actually, um, I think um, the, the, at least the, the person feedback at the moment was that he understood the, the situation and my supervisor also spoke with him and provided him with additional details, and we were able to manage it that way. Um, but um, definitely was a stressful moment, and, and we had to work around it and make sure that we were able to say it skillfully and make sure mm-hmm. that the person understood and um, was able to, to at least um, know the reasoning behind it and, and move forward with the situation. Nice. How do you feel like you've grown? Jorge, I mean, this is, you know, not the typical <laughs> experience. Yeah, I think, I think um, at least in Puerto Rico, there have, we have had many challenges in the past three or four years. Um, I think besides this, this COVID-19 situation, which I think had made me grow a lot more in expanding uh, the things I, I'm capable of doing or I thought I was capable on. I, we never thought three months ago that we were be working remotely, part-time and remotely uh, and at the client side at the same time and using all these online tools. So definitely we, we have, I have learned a lot about communicating in a different way with people, but at the same time keeping the communication uh, appropriate and with the sufficient amount of time and information for people to be able to 
to do their work. And, but also, um, I think this past couple of years, we had Hurricane Maria in 2017. We had uh, a couple of earthquakes at the beginning of this year. Now we are having COVID-19. I, I think it's the, the word that I could use to describe this is that we have grown more and more resilient about all of this. I think in some way these times have made us uh, tougher to be able to face these new challenges. And, and obviously COVID-19 has been a totally different challenge than a, than a nature event like a hurricane or an earthquake. Um, but it kind of it kind of prepared us for for something like this in some of a way because it made us more resilient to be able to accept the situation and and, and the challenge and confront it and make sure that we got out of our our, our usual mindsets, and think out the box, and look for new solutions and 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 try to, at the end of the day, become better from this. I think after all these challenges, if we don't get out of them better than we were before, then something definitely is not happening as it, as it should. But I think, yeah. at least in my feeling, I feel like I've grown as a person. I've grown as a as a leader with my team. I've grown uh, uh, in, in many aspects. I have learned to do more stuff that I thought I would learn in a short period of time. So. It has been an it has been an all around experience in terms of growing and as a professional and as a person. Good for you, Jorge. I have a big smile on my face for you. You know, one last question: What do you think sticks? Do you see you know as things get safer and open up? Do you think you'll stay remote? And I know this might be a bit of a crystal ball, but I'm I'm curious if you'll stay somewhat remote or people will go back on site fully. Have you talked at all about that? I think um, it will. It would all depend on what the client requests. Um, if you were to ask me how I think we could manage this, I think as we are doing it right now, it could be the new model for the future in our work. We don't have to necessarily be uh, full time at a at a client side as we are currently, um, because we are capable of of doing the work in a combination of going to the site and working remotely because sometimes we have to go to the, to the client site to get some data, field yep. data meetings um, to for scope and, and everything like that. But I think if the client were to request us to come back full-time, we'll have to do so because it's their request. Um, but I think in my understanding, we could, we could stay working like we are right now a um, couple of days of the week remote and a couple of days at the client site, and we'll still be effective and be able to meet the client needs. Great. That sounds like there could be a future, say, a skillfully opportunity to talk about a mix, a hybrid way of moving forward. So I'll share my top takeaway from you, Jorge, which is just that um, that growth that I've heard from you and the resilience based on really accepting the reality as it is and not how you may have wished it is. And um, really kudos to you and the team. Um, And I thank you for joining me. And uh, as always, being part of the solution, you take good care. And if I can be of help, don't hesitate to reach out. I appreciated you for your time and having me. And um, I will definitely um, try to say it skillfully moving forward. (laughs) You're doing fabulous, my friend. You take good care. Okay, let's see. From the Bay Area, let's go to the Bay Area, and I welcome Kelly to the show. Kelly, thanks for making time today. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. 
appreciate it. And I, I uh, was pleasantly, um, I guess, well, not surprised, but just it was great to hear that you had um, a great weekend, right? And just the energy, right? It's, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Listeners know, and just a reminder of the energy we exude really, really impacts our own state and others around us before saying, you know, any words. And it's really, I just think our best offense and defense. And sometimes it's hard, you know, because there's a lot of people that's truly hard, um, but to muster up a level of appropriate, you know, lightness um, and optimism, positivity can really help everyone. So, yeah, exactly. So with that in mind, Kelly, a great reminder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what uh, situation or what uh, conversation can I help you with today? Yeah, so um, so I was recently laid off um, from uh, a very large, <laughs> that's probably well known consulting firm, and um, you know, while I was certainly disappointed. Um, what got me most disappointed is that they wouldn't give me a reason other than COVID, right? And, um, uh, you know, I know that there are quite a number of folks within um, my company in the same situation and hearing the same um, kind of, I would say, lack of, lack of real reason. <laughs> um, and, and I say that in part because, um, you know, they they were recently announcing how our year-end results were and we made our numbers and all of that. Um, but then they still came back around and said that, that they were going to be um, reducing the staff simply because of COVID. And um, they didn't give us any more reason, you know. And so if everyone is affected, then then why are individual you know why are certain individuals being um, uh, reduced from the workforce and told to to go right mm-hmm. um, and uh you know just the circumstances of it i I felt were um, not in line with the company's values or the values that they stated and so I'm in the situation of wondering, you know, should I do something about this? Is there something that I can do outside of, um, you know, the decision being final and so forth? Um, and basically, you know, how to handle that. And then, um, you know, I'm faced with the question now or the challenge of finding something new in the middle of this whole pandemic, which, um, you know, is a pretty scary prospect these days, and, and especially for someone in my uh, age in the workforce and so forth, that it does, you know, cause me concern. Yeah, yeah. So well, first off, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Kelly. And I, um, I appreciate you for uh, the courage to share that. I think a lot of folks can, if it's not infected themselves, can absolutely relate. And, you know, I'm sorry for the way it's being handled Um as you know, you know, mistransparency, you know, miss it skillfully, be open. That um, doesn't land for me. I um, have been in the big company situations and and obviously experienced these sorts of moves. And um, it's, you know, I I feel for you because I just don't feel it honors the people. If you know, there's not this open-hearted conversation about what's going on. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I empathize and I'm sorry that you're going through it. I'm going to tell you, you will absolutely be better for this. And um, any way I can help you, I'm absolutely, um, I'm absolutely honored to do that. Um, I heard you say about the disappointment and working through that yourself. And I just, I would start with, you know, your own feelings. I mean, I don't know if it was shock and then anger and have you made your way through. And, you know, for all the listeners, you know, we have our emotions and they're legitimate and to give yourself a chance to feel them. Um, and then for the support system around you to kind of ask for what you need. So I just, I would start there first. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I was reflecting on that, and I was like, oh, you know, it really is very much like, you know, the five stages of, of mourning, right? You know, there's the disbelief, and then the anger, and the denial, right, and, and the acceptance, and so forth. And, you know, the first, um, the first wave of it was really just the fear, right? And like, oh, my God, you know, why are they doing this? I... I was fully staffed, you know, I, it was not performance-based. My client, you know, thankfully was fighting to keep me, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's the why me and, like, how can you, how can you do this? But then, then there's the anger part of it, um, and I'd say probably a little bit of anger and denial um, combined because, uh, you know, the way and the manner in which they communicated the decision was really... Um, cold. <laughs> they didn't have anybody on that actually knew me or could explain anything. And, and I think that was by design, right? And on top of that, what the anger part of it is they didn't tell my, um, my immediate supervisors or anything like that. They, they, they made it cold for the rest of the organization and the people that touched me in the organization, right? And, and so, you know, there was a flurry of that activity, um, in the, you know, the immediate days when, um, when I was told, because I was basically given one day's notice, that was it. And, um, so I, I told myself, I made a plan. I said, okay, you know, you're going to cry it out and get it over with. And over the weekend, you're going to take a rest. You, um, you know, even though you need to hit the pavement really fast around, um, you know, job searching, you're allowed to take a day off and rest and think it through and re-energize, right? And so yeah. I, did, I took that time, and Monday I was like, okay, I've got a plan. I'm going to start hitting, you know, hitting up all of my contacts. And, you know, I actually spent the day, right? You make it a, a real job now of finding a job. And, you know, the support... That, um, that I was getting from the people that I was reaching out to, it's like it gave me some encouragement and hope. But, but I wonder, you know, if the hope is fleeting, right? Is it going to be hopeful and I find something right away and things are positive? Or will I, you know, suffer disappointments along this path of finding out, you know, what that new, new destiny is? Right? Yeah, I, yes, I can feel the... You well, first of all, kudos. And I have to tell you, as you were talking yeah. about how this went down, I can feel myself tensing up because I'm so unhappy about it. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> relax yeah. myself. And bravo for bravo to you to to work it through. I just encourage not forcing anything, right? And um, I know it can feel pressury, and I think you know being in more of a state of flow is always when we do our best work. So. Don't force it if it feels really forced because, you know, we're human and this is, you know, it's kind of a big deal. I wouldn't try to 
to minimize the effect and just give yourself a break. I call this the self-compassion. Kelly, you're doing mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, it's totally normal to have some doubts and to you know need a little boost from folks and, and surround yourself with people who love you, who know you, who are going to you know, support you. Um, and, I, and I do think that that is a sort of conscious thing because job searches, you know, they have a very, you know, they're just a winding path. Um, I will offer and, and that these transitions are a great opportunity to reinvent. And I've done a few things in my career that are really like sharp right, sharp lefts. People are shocked. And so for listeners as well, it is a chance to take a step back, really exhale, um, consider the things that you really rock at. What are the things that differentiate you from a skill set, um, knowing your strengths, knowing the things that you really aren't good at and are never going to be good at. Um, what are some of the things that you think are areas for improvement? And just a real honest assessment is so helpful, right, to, to, to help you set forth what the, a, good, a great future might be. Um, and that yeah. takes some time. And I really would encourage some of that. And some of that isn't always easy either because you're like, you know, maybe I'm not how I thought I was. And, and I think creating space for that. Um, can be a real opportunity for growth. Um, and then, you know, I think the ability to, to really be clear on some of your top criteria, and I think about that as, um, you know, the people part, the environment part, and, you know, the big, the little, this fast pace, and just just understanding where, where when you land are you going to help be, be your best, and I'm not saying to be super choosy in a list of, you know, 25 things, but just what are the non-negotiables? And for folks, when they go off, they often don't have some of the set criteria. So everything that comes up seems kind of cool, right? Because they're all, it always seems cool. And then but then we kind of realize we've, we've kind of, um, you know, negotiated on things that were non-negotiables for ourselves. Uh, so I just want to state that a bit of the obvious and to give yourself permission to be like, these things really matter to me um, yeah. and are A++. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, I've I've been thinking about that. It's kind of like that hierarchy of of you know, is it a job skill fit? Is it an environment or cultural fit? And then is it a work life balance fit? Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I think uh, something that might be unique to the larger metro areas like the Bay Areas that you know companies I know here are more willing to negotiate around um, commute hours and work from home. And, and of course, now with COVID and so forth, that's giving everybody a, a real dose of reality around what really is possible in these um, conditions, right? But, uh, but I think um, the, the, the challenge around this is the culture part of it, right? How do you, how do you really sense culture if I have to do an interview over a Zoom meeting, right, or sense surroundings and things like that and put yourself uh, or imagine yourself in the moment and the place, right, when, when you can't physically be there. Um, that's, you know, one thing on my mind. Um, but the transition, the reinvent and so forth, and, you know, I've always thought of um, everything I've done in consulting as, as a valuable lesson, right, and this last assignment I had was something that I've never done before in a topic that I had no experience with. And, you know, looking back on it, it actually was the beginning of, of that reinvention step, right? Because it opens me, uh, opens me up to a number of possibilities that I probably wouldn't have considered before. So 
I feel like that was kind of uh, meant to be. I love of, it. Um, situation, right? Love it, love it, love yeah. it. So thank you for bringing up the culture piece, and let's spend a bit of time on that. So th- this, and I just want all listeners, I know sometimes when we're, we're looking for a job, it seems like all the power is over there. They, you know, we want them to accept me, and I get that. At the same time, it's really vital opportunities. You are interviewing the firm, and you're a gift, and it's a privilege for them to have you as well. And so remember that it's a win-win, right? And if... Mm-hmm. If the organization isn't thinking about that that way, you know, I can just hear it from you. That's not a great fit for you, right? You, you, we want to be an organization that's really going to honor you as a person. And I know many are out there. I think some people may think it doesn't exist. It does exist. There's a lot of great leaders and organizations who really want to make their most of the people. And those are places that, you know, deserve you. Um, the culture yeah. piece, I do think it's great to be very upfront about that and ask and then, you know, is it, you know, we've, we've all had badges and the culture words are on the badge. And to just start to, without any judgment, with, you know, just utmost curiosity, you know, so what's, what's trust look like? What's, um, you know, whatever the, the words are and, and, and see what they say. And on a Zoom, for sure, the level of comfort, the level of eagerness about it, the you know, I've on a number of boards, and when our the people talk about the culture, they can't—they come out of their skin. You can—they're so excited to talk about it, mm-hmm. um, and it is obviously a huge competitive advantage. I mean, I think organizations have figured that out, and so I'd be very explicit about it. And not a good or bad or right or wrong. It's whether it's a fit. Um, yeah. And you know, for for you, I think as well, what are some of the key components that really matter most to you? and what it looks like. And I do this a lot with teams and people will say, well, trust, you know, we really need trust. And I said, okay, great. What's trust look like? And people kind of look at me like, well, it, you know, I know it when I feel it. I'm like, no, that is not an answer. And so I throw out <laughs> to be cheeky. I'll say, well, trust is I can look at your text messages. And people are like, what? Look at my text. So, you know, it, it's, it is about an organization getting to an understanding of kind of what some of these fluffy words uh, mean in reality, and and it, if you ask, you know, openly, no judging, it's not hard to figure out the folks who have really thought about that, and and live it, versus those that don't. So I I know it can feel like, well, I'm not there, I can't feel it. And I agree, when you're there, you can kind of feel an office, but it's it's also very possible over a Zoom sort of setting to suss yeah. that out. How's that land yeah. for you, Kelly? Yeah, that's the hard part, right? I mean, I know, you know. Kind of in the past, having been in, in consulting, you go to a, a whole bunch of different environments on a regular basis and, and you know, call it a sixth sense, but I could feel the energy when I walk into a building, right, before I even speak to someone. And so, um, you know, that's going to be missing, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping I can get that over Zoom. But I think, um, I think you made a great point around asking specifically what trust does look like, right? And, and even if that, person on the other end can't express it very succinctly. Um, I think, you know, what I'll be looking for is the earnesty in their voice and the, the honesty of just opening up and being able to talk about, um, you know, situations and realities that we all know go on that, that normally don't come up in interviews, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I also, yeah. you know, I, I think places I have worked in the past have been very culture oriented and, you know, there was like nine or 10, there's a lot of interviews. And, you know, I think the number of people and then the ability to talk to folks, you know, whether they're particularly in that group or just getting a range might be, and if they're not offering that up, which, you know, usually I think folks do want to have 
quite a number of people talk to new folks to make sure there is a fit. But if that isn't offered, to ask, you know, could I talk to some folks who've been newer or or long long time or different groups um, as really just an informational opportunity um, and to hear another person's opinion. That might yeah. be a way to collect a few more data points beyond, you know, the whatever is mandatory for the Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's a great idea. And and talking to maybe some more of the team members, right? If if they are <laughs> if they are there, right? Who knows, you know, it may end up being a small organization and they talk to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I I really would encourage folks, you know, they may have a certain process and if you feel like you want them to know you more, or you need to know them more, you know, if there's mutual interest, that is going to be perceived I think in a very positive way, right? And again, how you might ask for that say, gosh, it's been great. I've talked to three or four folks, um and I, you know, but I have a, some questions I'd love to talk to someone here or there, would that be uh possible? And I think that shows a level of interest on on the candidate's part. Um, and, you know, I, I really want to encourage all candidates, you know, it's your job to figure out if it's a good fit as much as you can, right? We'd rather not have any come to Jesus kind of learnings on day one, like, wow, I wish I knew that before I signed up for that, um, which is always a little bit of a risk, right? But we want to try to de-risk it. Um, Kelly, I, uh, yeah. the reinvention I feel for you, I think that it's there. You've got a great attitude, uh, you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to be courageous all the time. I'm here if I can be of any help, even if it's just, you know, a sounding board or to listen. Um, before we wrap, I will ask, you know, from our little conversation, any particular top takeaway that you have? Yeah, well, thank you, Molly. I think, you know, a couple of top takeaways around, you know, don't force mm-hmm. it, right? And and don't pressure, um, you know, understanding what trust looks like and, um I think going back to something that Jorge mentioned is, is around the resilience, right? We find resilience in so many different ways, and it comes out when you're not necessarily expecting it to. So those, uh, those would be my top takeaways. And, um, Fantastic. And thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Keep me posted how it goes. You know how to reach me if I can be of more help. And, you know, thanks so much for taking time and sharing and um, for being part of the solution, Kelly. You take I, good care. I will. Thanks, Molly. Ciao, ciao. Okay, let's see. From, oh, we're going to the southeast here, Atlanta area, Desiree. Desiree, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Good morning. How are you, Molly? I am doing fabulously. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Okay, on this bright, sunny day, I am uh, looking forward. What uh, situation or conversation do you have on your mind? Okay, mine is a situation. Uh, I, about May or June of last year, I was offered the opportunity to train to be in a different position, completely different from my prior position at my job. Unfortunately, with the shutdown and COVID, I started working as in my prior position because I couldn't do the new position from home. And now there's talk about possibly phasing back in to reopen the office. My question is, I was not fully up and running and trained in the new position. And I just want to make sure without being completely selfish, I want to make sure that I'm still able to maintain a balance between finishing my training, learning what I have to learn, still being productive, 
but still being of service, whereas if I still have to work the two positions, like part-time for a while, that I don't lose sight and I'm still able to be fully present and fully served. Am I making sense? Yes, you are. I'm hearing that you have this great opportunity. It's been a bit delayed, but for a Mm -hmm. transition into a new role. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little bit of the unknown of, well, how much I need to train a little bit more. So I don't really know how much all that training is. And I also have one foot in the old door because I'm kind of servicing Mm -hmm. my old position and just ensuring that you serve yourself and you serve your company. Exactly. Do I have that right? Great. Okay. So first of all, kudos on the new opportunity. We love that. And uh, I think this is yeah, a very, gosh, you know, happens all the time. And so I'm one really impressed you're being very mindful and, and proactive about it, Desiree, because I think that's the number one thing. So I think to the extent that you can, right, you think about the mm-hmm. old job transition and just, you know, the key things that need to transition into whom and not in super crazy detail, but just at a high level, right? The training mm-hmm. part that you know of, let's just say it's X number of items, right? It's not 20 items, but maybe it's uh, three capabilities or something that you need to get to. And just clarifying okay. for yourself, that's kind of the situation that you see, right? And again, we know that this is your reality and obviously you don't have the benefit some other insights, but at least form your sense, your point of view, I call it. Um, so that I call uh-huh. the current state, right? So the next thing, think about like, what do you want to have happen? So you're saying, based on this, I think I need this amount of time or, you know, what, what is it that you're, what's, what would you like to have happen? I call that your intention, right? So that's the B okay. part, right? And then, so we then think about going up and it may be a combination of, you know, whoever, a former supervisor and a new supervisor. Now, is it two separate people or is it the same? Yeah. Two separate. Great. So, right. So you're super excited about this. So this is all positive, number one, right? There's no, like, there's no, you're, (laughs) you're, you're rocking it. So you you say, I, um, I am beyond, you know, excited and grateful for this new opportunity. I love for the three of us to get together and you can blame me. You know, I was this gal, Molly, she has this shared reality. Just want to level set <laughs> on, you know, my, my current role and what it has to transition. And then, gosh, I know I need to learn some new things and I'm really excited about it so that I can really fully come up to speed um, on this new thing and just share what, what you've got. What do you folks think to get dialogue and how's the sound? And, and then at the end, you know, I think you, with all the conversation, you're probably going to learn some things, right? They'll learn some things. Yeah. And together, I would call this the co-creation part. Does this seem like a good straw man approach, you know, so that, you know, this is a win-win-win? So just pause at that moment. How is that landing for you? That sounds really good. Um, I think my main concern is that being as I was only in a new position for, I'd say, six to eight months, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And so this is when I say transparency is your friend, that um, Uh that's a really fair statement. And so what do we do about that? And that isn't kind of just your issue, right? Because the whole opportunity is any person in an organization, we want them to thrive because that helps the organization, right? I mean, let's be honest, right, about the whole. So that's all good. So, you know, one of my concerns is I don't really know what I don't know. And that is a very dangerous place to be for everyone out there. That is just the worst, right? So, hey, help me. What? How can we work together so that we minimize the period that I'm in this, which is always, it always happens. So it's a very normal thing. So what do we do? 
And again, perhaps you have some ideas, but invite other folks in um, so that it becomes, you know, really a, a, a team success. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Um, so what are you processing now? Do you feel like you've got language? Yes, I do. And, and I think my main concern was that I was feeling selfish. But, and I understand that some selfishness is healthy, but I didn't want to lose the point that I'm, we're still here to serve the company's customers. So yeah, I, pre- I really appreciate that selflessness. Let's pause a little bit on the selfish. You feel selfish. Say more about mm-hmm. why you feel selfish. Uh, honestly, it's because, like you said, I, I, I'm really excited about the position, and I, I felt like before COVID, I was starting to get a handle on it, sort of, and I felt like I was getting 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 my feet wet and getting established and set to start ramping up to learn more things, and then COVID hit, and so it's like boom. I'm back at home, working from home in the old position. I don't want to lose the skills that I got, but also I feel like I lost ground because of the so far three months that we've been out of the office. Really great that you you have an understanding and awareness. Again, I offer transparency and sharing that is great because it's not a secret. It's, it's in the ether. And just know, you know, selfish, like, hey, I, want, I really want to do a good job. You want to do a job, and that serves the whole. I'm not hearing like I want to do job at the at the expense of the organization. So give yourself a little credit here. You you want to do this for the right reasons. And by the way, mm-hmm. if you're not quote unquote being selfish and learning what you need to learn, Desiree, you can't be of service to the organization the way you want to be. Okay, that's true. Right? And that's not a win for the organization and it's not a win for you. So I want to give you yourself permission. Yep, give yourself permission. I feel how you really want to help others. That's very clear. <laughs> so, and and that's mm-hmm. a great thing about you. We also don't want that to hold you back from being able to give your fullest to your organization, right? So this is what I say: be your best friend, not your worst enemy, <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and and let's unleash that full potential. Um, I'm here for you. Uh, before we wrap, do you have a top takeaway from a little chat? Uh, I think my top takeaway is to, I need to sit down and actually map out where I am, where I feel like I am, and then review that with my supervisors and see where I need to be and then decide together how to get there. Awesome. I love it. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you being part of the solution. I'm cheering for you. And and please let loop back and uh, let me know how it goes. Thank you, Molly. I will. Take care. Okay, let's see. Next caller is Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, Molly, pleasure. Great to hear your voice. I hope you're well. Uh, Spectacular. Could not be better. So uh, what is on your mind today? Yeah, look, I think uh, I listened to some of your callers. I mean, the fact of it is we're living in this this new world, so to speak, and um, most of us are spending more time at home and working, and I think the workload... Uh, the lines are beginning blurred from leadership about in, urgent versus important. He um, used to be in the office. You could, I think, delineate some boundaries about the work that you could do and when you wanted to do it and where you could manage your time. 
now because you're you're not traveling your home you can be you can be summoned at a moment's notice either by a chat or a text or the same time that more work is flowing in the direction and the energy is always the fact that well we got to get it done now i mean this just came out of a meeting someone needs to get this done and i'm finding the fact that uh the the lines are getting so blurred that if you don't start to readdress it um, the work that you deliver probably will be really, really poor. And I take way too much pride in my work, and my team takes way too much pride in their work. So I started to notice with them that they're, they're getting um, uh, dissatisfied, not so much with the leadership that I'm providing, but I think the leadership that's coming from above, that don't they see that we're working you know, all these long hours, and how do we at least send a message to leadership that you know, we, we can't continue to do what we're doing? This makes no sense, because at some point, the work that we need to do that is really important at some point that hasn't been started will never get addressed. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for bringing this up. This is the curse. And gosh, I've seen it forever, forever. Urgent versus important and exacerbated, as you mentioned, by folks um, not being physically together. Can I ask, um, what's your relationship with um your boss, or where do you think an influence point is for you? Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I get along with with this individual really, really well. Um, I, I know that he has a high level of respect for me based upon my experience. I have um, tried to be his consigliere, right, to be able to broker between two parties and say, look, you know, there's not much more we can do here on this. Um, you know, we need to read the tea leaves of what people aren't saying. I think the challenge is, is someone who is, um, he's a, he, he loves to be able to chase every shiny thing. Uh, and he wants to be able to provide all the new stuff that we're doing because, you know, in, in our company, like most, everyone is coveting the word agility, right? Um, agility doesn't mean that you're doing many different things. Agility means there's a process that you use to do things. And uh, I think at this point, we're starting to also do way too many things, and as a result of what we're delivering, it's becoming, you know, okay, not great at best. And uh, my guidance to him is to say, why don't we step back and kind of listen to what people are saying or what they're not saying? How do we reprioritize the work? How do we recalibrate some of our thinking here? Because uh, people just don't have the endurance, and no one wants to work. We've, we've, we've been living the last 100-plus days some people working 10, 12 hours, plus having your kids, your spouse, your wife, your partner at home. And then now summer is coming, and even though COVID is not by any means over, um, people want to have some break where they can at least, you know, at the end of the day and say, look, I need to stop at some point and invest in other things that I have interest in besides work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for like articulating. That. I just think so many people out there are like, oh yeah, this guy totally knows what's going on. So <laughs> let me ask you about um, this, uh, the, the boss. How aware is he of his love chasing new shiny thing habit? You know, he's had a 360 and, you know, we've, we've, we've done, a, we've done, a, we've done also a variety of assessments like Hogan and I think he's gotten the, the feedback on this. I think, um, you know, you can get feedback, but if you don't dig into the, you know, the why behind it and, and how you can look to address it, um, you know, he also knows that he's been rewarded by moving forward in his career 
by doing a lot of different things. And I keep telling him it's not about doing now, it's about leading. Um, he's past the point of delivering uh, projects. That's what we need to do. But he should be able to deliver a strategy. And I think we're doing too many activities that are, in my opinion, task-oriented, of low value, that don't lend to the strategy that he should be creating. Now, I, I think some of this has resonated with him, um, but not nearly enough. And that's kind of the purpose of my call, Molly. Yeah. Okay, so how much does he care about what people think about him? <laughs> I don't think nearly enough. Yeah. Okay, I, so... I think he's very interested in networking with the, with the level above, which is about, look at all the cool stuff we're doing. Um, also, look at, look at the things that have been done. This was never done before. So there's a lot of um, hype that goes behind it. And, of course, if you're sitting in an executive C-suite level and you see it, um, you know, they love the fact that new things are coming in, um, but they don't also start to see the churn that's happening below. Yeah, got it. Got it. Okay, so obviously you're, you, you know this person and all the stuff that you mentioned is fabulous, so I'll just offer some other angles. And it's, it's a bit of – you know what the change is that you'd want to have happen. It's having a driver for the change. And um, typically – that if we cannot shield folks from what people really think of them, or if we can just be raw about that, that can give pause. And it's easy, can be easy to say, well, this is how people feel. But I think if we get this person to really think about what people feel, um, that could provide a different lens. And so a setup, which is to say, look at, you know, I've got, I really want to talk about something that I think really holds us back. And I think in the long run, it's really going to hurt us and you. So there's got to be some stakes on the ground for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it. And, and you obviously have a great trusted relationship with him. So you're in a privileged place to perhaps, you know, where you might need to knock in the, in the middle of the head to do that. And just say, you know, whatever the number of people are. And, and questions like, you know, how do you think people feel? Um, what is their satisfaction with the job? How good of a leader do you think they are? Do they think you are? Just think about what are some questions that you could actually make the rounds. Do a quick one to ten assessment, and you know, you know, on a scale of one to ten, I'll call this person Joe. Joe, you know, how do you think that the team would rate you? And then roll out the numbers and just five, and then see what he says. And then what do you think the senior leaders would think if this is what they talked about in the executive meeting? That well, the team thinks X of Joe. So you're trying to get a little bit of a, and, and just see, and just say, I'm not trying to, you know, you're not a bad person. You're a really good person. I think I'm not doing my job, Joe, because I'm not obviously being very successful at helping you appreciate that the, the only reason that we are doing well and that you are doing well is for the X number of people busting their chops. And I'm here to tell you that it's not going to go on forever. Something like, and, and the, the, the objective and that people may feel and just say, look, I need you to be honest about what you really think because on behalf of the organization, I want to help all of us to grow. And for the organization to grow, each the leaders have to grow first, create headroom, right? And then you can kind of see everybody going up. And I think with compassion, it's, it's a bit of Marshall Goldsmith, you know, my mentor. Hey, what got, right, right. What got you here? What got you here doesn't get you there. And it's, I, I do think this is really pervasive, right? In, in a lot of, companies big and small um, so it's no one's got a formula for it you I really do um, um, applaud you for 
being so passionate about it. And it, it's something that I would think needs to really happen to create an environment for the whole to thrive. So I'll just pause there. How's that landing? No, I think it lands really, really well. I think the fact of it is of, I guess, using my my relationship and position of influence to do some to provide some uh, introspection for him to do some self reflection, right? Um, and to ask those questions because he knows me well enough that my questions would come from a level of sincerity and care about him as a person, as a human being, and not just the fact that he's my boss. Uh, I also know that he has aspirations in the organization to continue to grow and to get to that next level. I do think um, it is, if I go back to Marshall Goldsmith, because I'm, I'm a big fan of what he what he stands for and what he's talked about, if I go back to the, the premises that are in his book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There?, there's a lot of the things that are that are coming up, like you know, like you know, winning too much, right, and, and looking adding too much value, right. Um, uh, at the same time, I think it's the other thing too is you know we're you know, clinging to the past to the fact of uh, you know we've always done this before, and maybe not listening. Um, I don't think he will punish the messenger on this because he knows that I come from a good place, um, but there is this excessive need to me. Uh, and I, I think that's a big piece of it. Even like, the other day, I said, you know, the word, the word is us, not I. Um, yeah. we, we've got to work as a team here. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I uh, we're we're closing on time, so you know how sure. to reach me. Keep me posted, Absolutely. and happy to work it with you, uh, Mark. I'm really grateful for your joining, and really for being part of the solution. Thanks so much. Absolutely, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Oh, fantastic. So in closing, my thought for the week, I mentioned it earlier, transparency is your friend. Like a good friend, transparency reveals things that may not be flattering or easy to hear or see, but it's information that needs to be in the open. Beyond facts, transparency is the visibility of people's different experiences, different viewpoints, different emotions. While what's revealed may be hard to hear, appreciate the difficulty for the one opening up to actually share it. And there's struggle on both sides. We're more similar than not. Transparency of our different experiences sets us up for real conversation, not to judge or debate, but to honor another's experience and understand even a tiny bit more what it feels like for the other. Empathetic understanding is an opportunity for all of us. And I thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 